0: Hello everyone, I am here with my first non-spoiler movie review for Halloween 2018. Now, my nose is a little stuffy and runny right now, so if I sound like shit, that is the reason why. I don't know if it's allergies acting up or if I have a cold, but yeah, if I sound like shit, that's the reason why. Now, before I get into the movie itself, I want to say that the Halloween franchise is my one of my favorite horror franchises ever. Uh, From Halloween 1978 all the way to up to now, the whole franchise, even the bad movies of the the franchise. 40 years, 11 films, I love the Halloween franchise. And the original 1978 film is my favorite film of the entire franchise, and it is one of my all-time favorite movies. Now, with that said, what did I think of Halloween 2018? I think it's the best of the franchise since the original film. That is my honest to God opinion. If I had to rank it, I would rank number one, Halloween 1978, and then ni- number two is Halloween 2018, and then the r- remaining nine films you can put in whatever the fuck order you want to put them in. I loved it. It it felt like a Halloween movie. It had that feeling like what you like how it felt watching the original Halloween film and then even Halloween two. <sighs> It felt very much like th- like that ho- kind of Halloween movie, because a lot of the Halloween movies later on, like even if they were good, it didn't f- feel like Halloween like a Halloween movie, you know. Uh, and I guess part of it is because this one, f- the opening credits, were just like the ones from. 1978 and I think 1980 was when the second Halloween film came out. I'm not 100% sure, but whatever. I'm too lazy to Google search it right now. It's 3 in the morning, and I I just don't care to look, at it, look for it at this point. But yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and start talking about what I liked about the movie without trying to spoil anything. But yeah, they had the original style of the opening credits with the original letter lettering font whatever word you choose to put for that and the pumpkin on the screen where you know kind of zooms in and then it gets dark and you don't see much of, of anything i and i loved it and i'll admit i had a t- I, I got a little teary-eyed because the, because of the nostalgia i loved it and i know of another podcast that i've said that sometimes nostalgia can hinder the movie going experience and I, while I do still believe that, sometimes nostalgia makes it even better, and for me, my nostalgia for the f- original Halloween film, even though I wasn't even alive when it came out, it was eight years before I was born, I was born in 1986, I got to see it very early on in my childhood, like around six, seven, eight years old, I don't remember, because my oldest brother, you know, being the cool older brother, let me watch a lot of the shit that I wasn't supposed to be watching at that age. So. Explains a lot about the kind of person I grew up to be. Not that it's a bad thing, but yeah. (sighs) Sorry about the sniffles. Like I said, I don't know if it's allergies or if I'm battling a cold. But uh, again, I'm sorry for sounding like shit right now. (laughs) But I really loved Halloween 2018. Like they, there was a lot of Easter eggs and paying of homage throughout the film that you know referenced and you know, paid homage to the previous films of the franchise. Uh, like we seen in, some, in the trailers, the little kids with the the pumpkin and the witch and the skull mask, which is you know, an homage to Halloween 3 season of The Witch, which most people w- would agree was the weakest of all 11 Halloween films. Uh, unless, you know, you're the type that flat out hates the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, which I'm not one of them. I very much loved the first Rob Zombie movie, the unrated director's cut version. And the second one, if it was not a Halloween movie, I would say it's a great movie, but since it's a, the sequel to the first Rob Zombie Halloween, it's, it's only okay, in my opinion. But you know, I loved Jamie Lee Curtis, as always, she's never disappointed me in any role she's ever done on any movie or TV show, uh, and then since this is supposed to be 40 years after the original film, completely retconning Halloween's 2, all the way up to the most recent of the original timelines, you know, this was the, the, the best way to do it, if I opinion, any the way, because the film, you know, if you've seen a lot of the interviews that Jamie Lee Curtis has done promoting the movie, it's basically, we get to see the PTSD and the traumatic effect that the events of the first film had on Laurie Strode, you know, from her life all the way from that point up to now, how it kind of, I guess in a sense, ruined her life. Uh, you know, that a lot of things that she had that she lost in the 40 years since the first time all this went down. And as a Dave the Film Junkie described it, they Sarah Connored her in this one, which, if you don't understand what that means, what it, basically what it means is, in the first Terminator movie, Sarah Connor was weak and afraid and, you know, all the shit was going down and, you know, she survived at the end, but then in Terminator 2, she's badass and she's, you know. Preparing for Judgment Day and all this stuff, and you know she was ready for when the Terminators were gonna come and you know fuck up humanity and all that stuff. You know that's very much what Lori Strode was in this kind of movie. That she was preparing for all these years for for Michael to eventually escape again from Smith's Grove and you know that she would finally try to take him out. Uh, and again, I'm not gonna tr- I'm gonna try my best to not say anything from the movie that happens because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet because I hate spoilers. You know, Spoilers are fucking bitch of the internet. Yeah, but the way social people are on social media, they don't care if they spoil something for anybody. I've had a lot of great movies spoiled for me, a lot of pay-per-v- wrestling pay-per-views spoiled for me, and I hated myself for not being more cautious, but at the same time, it's like, oh... People need to be more considerate. And that's why I try not to spoil things for for people that I'm reviewing these movies for. All 25 plus whatever. I don't know where my subscription numbers are right now. Last time I checked, it was at 25. But all of you listening, I try not to spoil the stuff that I am talking about, depending on what it is. So, but again, going back to the movie without spoiling anything. Uh... You know, like I said, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She was great as we expected her to be. Judy Greer playing her daughter, which most people would recognize Judy Greer as being the less attractive best friend of the hotter girl in, in romantic comedies, which, uh, I don't know how she feels about it. I mean, I, she did kind of write a memoir that kind of poked fun at it, but I'm sure she enjoyed being a major character in this film. And then we had the. The one playing her daughter, which was Lori Schroeder's granddaughter. I don't remember her name. I liked her in the movie as well. You know, since they already, you know, been talking about a potential possible sequel to this one, you know, if she is going to be the lead of the of the franchise from here on out, if depending on how many movies they decide to go for, with from here, I would not mind it. You know, she held her own in the story. You know, uh, and also the remember that there was a report that came out a few months ago or a story from interview or whatever that mentioned that they were going to have a a voice actor do uh do the part of uh Dr. Sam Loomis and it was like for like archived recordings or whatever and you know at the time I was saying like well why didn't they just use like like actual archived works of Donald Pleasant's for for the movie, but the guy, whoever it is, I don't know the name. I didn't look it up yet. Uh, whoever they got to do the voice for Donald Pleasant's Doctor Loomis, was very spot on. I, honestly, I had, for a second I was questioning whether or not it actually was another guy doing the voice because it sounded damn near perfect, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if other people uh, that saw the movie, you know, would agree with me for that, uh, and. I don't know if it technically counts as a spoiler, because like I said, they already talked about it in interviews and mentioned that that's what they were going to do for the movie. But yeah, they used they had little cassette tape recordings, uh, you know, like the old little like really little miniature cassette tapes that people used to have on the old answering machines from the from way way back, you know that. A lot of kids these days would not even know what the hell it is. But yeah, whoever that guy was that did the voice, you were were spot on with your Donald Pleasant's voice. I love that. Uh, Another thing that I loved, because the original Halloween movie did not have a lot of blood and gore like other movies of the genre would go on to become for the last almost 40 years now. How, the original on 1978 Halloween was built on the suspense of, you know, what's going to happen, when is it going to happen, how is it going to happen. And also from a conversation that I had with another U- YouTube personality about, you know, not seeing what happens, but seeing the aftermath. You know, th- that we agreed that sometimes not knowing how it happened is scarier than actually seeing it in the act. And we got to see a lot of that in this Halloween movie. Uh, and we, we got to see a lot of that, or feel a lot of that suspense that we had from the original Halloween movie that made it so great. But at the same time, they did kind of up the gore factor in this one, which I didn't mind, because they did it very well, and it worked very well, and I loved every bit of it. Uh, another thing that I really loved is the, the little... The little black kid named Julian, you know I I freaking love that kid. He was hilarious, and I love I, I don't and not just because he has the same name as me. I I just thought he was hilarious, and if I ever get to have a son, I hope he'll he'll be like that. <laughs> and of course John Carpenter, returning to do the music for the film with his son and other guy that I don't remember. Uh, you know John Carpenter, well. You know, maybe some of his movies that he directed might not have been the best, but you you can't deny that the music he's done for the for his movies, you know, were that they are great. He makes great music for his movies, regardless of how how the movies actually are. He, the music he creates is amazing, and the soundtrack he cr- composed along with his son and the other guy that I can't remember was awesome. I've already listened to the soundtrack th- three times since Friday. And I love it. And I'm probably going to listen to it several times more in the near future. Hell, I'm probably going to listen to it after I finish recording this for you guys. Um, and again, without spoiling anything, there is a nice little thing that does happen at, after the credits or towards the end of the end credits. I don't know if it counts as a post credit scene, but... Uh, again, I'm not trying to spoil anything. Just stay through the credits and you'll understand what I'm talking about. That's all I have to say. I hope my first attempt at a non-spoiler review was not too boring for you guys. Uh, and if you want to hear more of what I like to say on other topics, I'll throw up the links to my past full episode podcast and my other wrestling and Hollywood news videos for you guys to check out. And I'll be back this coming Friday with my thoughts and predictions for WWE Evolution. And uh, i uh, Hope you'll enjoy that episode as well, and uh, thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time. Bye.